Welcome to the Event Room, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Event Brew. It is a Friday afternoon for all of us, so we are ready to dig into a nice new topic. If you haven't listened to us before, shame on you. Uh, welcome to Event Brew. I am Dustin Westling with One West Events in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And this is Will Kern from Endless Events over in Phoenix, Arizona, United States. Nick Borelli, Cleveland, Ohio, also USA. It is USA. not the afternoon. USA. It is the evening here. USA. I've had dinner. It's the evening. Oh, my goodness. This is Tui Deeb here in sunny Los Angeles, California. That's great. We were hearing some sirens before when we tried to record Tui. Did you do something illegal? Because they know November is about to record. They're like, yo, this is hot oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, the eight of, you guys have 8 o'clock, 8 p.m.? Um, like clapping. We have eight p.m. Yeah, I think. Yeah, we, so I it's think like eight p.m. That's not an LA. Wait, what? what? <laughs> Wait, what is this? At eight p.m., like everyone is like clapping. They go out on their balconies. They're oh cheering for all the respond no. first responders and you know essential workers. What? <laughs> yeah, not, I thought Arizona always got LA's trends, but I've never heard about that at all. <laughs> we're, we're, not, really cute. We're, we're so we're far far away from each other. We would have to have like a huge sound system to be able to hear each other. Clap Are you not on the internet? How do you not know about that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I. You know what? I've been uh, so focused on producing virtual events. I've been busy. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> hard, it's always hard sell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ooh, must be nice. Hard. Mazina, nice. well, here you don't have Canada, a tracking URL or anything you can give us, or uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Please, why don't you give us one more app to ruin our lives? <laughs> oh my god, I'm yes, just getting burned right now. All right, well, I know you got you guys are definitely drink, drinking the hater juice right now, the haterade. Well, well, speaking of what are we drinking? Oh. Uh, uh, get what, what are what are you drinking, Will? Uh, I'm drinking uh, some Earl Grey tea with oh, my last yeah. little bit of milk that I have left. Uh, you're you're the least exciting person I've met. Next. I put honey in it too. <laughs> Let me go before Let me go before Nick because this is always great. I'm drinking a fresh squeezed orange and mango juice from the farmer's market because it is now open. So support your local businesses. Disappointed. Next. <laughs> what? Uh, I'm drinking. Justin, I'm coming for you. Uh, I'm drinking sparkling water. Um, what? The brand is. <laughs> the, <laughs> the brand Why? is. I'm losing it right now. Well, Why? the brand is liquid are you, death. Are you screaming for help? Oh, okay, that's better. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, liquid death uh, sparkling water. The infinitely recyclable can of stone cold sparkling water came straight from the Alps to murder your thirsts. Uh, our proprietary thirst murdering process begins with liquid deaths forming a rope of veins that will wrap around the thirst head and strangle it. 
and it goes on it gets better from there too uh but uh yeah it sounds I'm, like an erotic novel it totally it's, does it's got a melting skull <laughs> is it on just it? me oh, or kind of, sound wow, really you guys exciting. read some weird erotic novels yeah, it's from it's from uh, its tagline is "Murder Your Thirst," and it's from the Austrian Alps. And uh, you know the uh, Austrians have had some famous murderers, so let's let's go Great. with it. Uh, everybody can check out Nick's OnlyFans link yeah. in below. <laughs> uh, yes, Dustin's like I keep my uh, I keep my best uh, my best content there. That's that's wonderful. I I basically took notes of all the jabs you took at me before we started yeah. recording. I'm going to feed them back to you over the next thirty minutes. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Great. Great. Well, I am here supporting local. I have a fresh, fresh brew from a brewery quite close to me. And uh, yeah, it's beer o'clock here in Calgary. Nice. Any properties that you have uh, that you're showing off this week? Uh, not yet. No, okay. I, uh, I I need to get a new blazer before I get into real estate, but I, I don't feel like it's that far away. So yeah. I might be applying for my realtor's license soon. So if anybody's looking for property in the beautiful foothills of the rocky mountains you just let me know i've got the perfect place for you that's great yeah event professionals uh, will all eventually uh, by the end of the year be realtors so uh, or have only fans that's an, do you do like transparent pricing or component pricing just <laughs> number one i never do transparent pricing i'm from the <laughs> event industry so no yeah. We know how to oh, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. In case wow. I ever, in case I ever have work again, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what an optimist! Wow, now oh, the truth I miss comes you guys. out. Oh, Gallo's humor is the. It best takes humor. five minutes to even intro the topic. <laughs> no, we haven't gotten there. Yet. Speaking well, of the top of ick. Let's talk about our topic then. So I was forced to open the show today, which I do not like doing. So I'm going to make this really exciting for you all. So today's topic was brought to you by Will Curran at Endless Events. And he says that your live event is dead. It's never coming back. And virtual (laughs) events are so much better. It's all virtual all the time. Virtual events are going to be the best thing we've ever seen. Live events are over. All right, panel, go for it. Well, ever oh, since wow. Will went to China last year, uh, we've noticed that he's really been uh, excited about virtual events. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's kicked off a, a global trend. Um, Some like 5G energy, if you will. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what to say right now. <laughs> Sorry, you're doing well, so we're going to kick you down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the perception is, is that you're you're, 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 you're you're doing uh you're doing great and uh we're uh, we're, we're trying to get those no, I love, um no i love it <laughs> one of the things that like so I, I actually am still working on a face-to-face event uh which just feels strange um oh, wow. yeah it's a guy with some smart optimistic people that have the ability to pull the trigger uh later in the year uh you know if it if it comes to it uh and you know, that said, there's been other events in this series um, that have already taken place that have had to pivot to virtual. And in that way, um, they found out like because it's been I think it, one was as much as six weeks ago, uh, an analysis of the attendees of that first event that has uh, pivoted. And they found that like I think something like 60 percent of the attendees have never attended uh, a face to face event uh, in oh, wow. the series before. Yeah. So. One wow. of the biggest takeaways we had is that we were underserving uh, an audience who actually wanted to participate with this association, mm-hmm. uh, but face-to-face just never was going to be an option. Uh, and we're going to dig in deeper. We've not started doing a lot of polling already to determine 
why that may be. And we have a few different ideas, but um, it, it was really revelatory because we thought, well, pivot for us means pivot for attendees. Mm-hmm. But it turns out there's actually people who would never attend our face-to-face events for a litany of reasons. And um, they came and uh, they were the majority. And that's pretty exciting, I think, uh, you know, in all this that um, when you think about mission centric work that, you know, like the, that virtual op- offers an opportunity to reach out to people who are not served. Uh, and, you know, you can actually see your, see your mission be fulfilled, uh, in a way that would not have reached these people and not, uh, made an impact other without this, uh, platform. Hmm. I think that's, uh, that's really interesting. There's, uh, <clears throat> I think it can be, it can be said that, the virtual event has been probably the most underutilized tool in our toolbox for a long, long time. And, uh, and it's interesting to see, you know, and you're, you're talking about an association and, um, and I've been really, really fascinated by how associations have been driving a bigger audience than they've ever had. And, um, seeing, you know, some work that I'm doing with my own clients here in Calgary that they're getting, they're getting better attendance through their virtual events than they ever would have gotten live for, you know, for a dozen reasons. But, um, it is, it is really exciting to see this, this fantastic tool finally being used and being honored. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point too. Like I've noticed that same thing too. Like I've been like the the really the only way I've gotten a chance other than like to, to be the doing the actual events themselves, but like attending these events is as a speaker. And I've never had it so many times in a row that like I've had like sell out webinars or presentations online for the stuff I'm talking about. Like it seems like record attendance every single time I do it. Like, oh, this is our biggest webinar yet or whatever it is. And I I, I think it's just because now it's just people there's so much more access to it. But I'm also not sure if it's because there a lot of them are free. If that's mm-hmm. also why like a lot of people are showing say, like sell out like I don't think I've ever paid for a webinar. Well uh sell out in a ter- ten uh, in the terms of like they bought they bought well, the five hundred person webinar cap and there was standing room they couldn't get people couldn't get in the webinar, right? Like uh, like almost like the idea the room was full essentially. Here's an interesting question. Would you pay for the content you're getting over the last six weeks? So in a in a non-COVID world, in a world where it's business as usual, would you open up your wallet and pay for the webinars that you've attended? Maybe two weeks? Educational, yes. Like all those happy hours and, you know, like connecting with people virtually, no. I wouldn't pay to go to any of that shit. Sorry. <laughs> educational, yes. There's actually been a couple educational ones where I'm like, whoa, that was amazing. I feel like my mind has been altered or just like mm-hmm. I've learned something really great. There was actually a couple of ILEO ones that um, I'm thinking about, but, but the virtual hangouts no like you can i can pay for a virtual coachella do you think um you would be willing to pay for them like for those ones that you thought you would pay for are you only willing to pay for them in hindsight or would you pay for them ahead of time like you saw the title and you're like i'd pay for it ahead of time or are you only saying that because you now knew the content hmm. Ooh, well I, I don't have the other experience because i haven't paid for So I would have to say the first one, but if there was something that was really, if they really wowed me with like the description and if it, you know, the panel or if it was something that was like a twist and that would be really entertaining, then yeah, I would pay for that. I just don't know how much, probably like no more than 20 bucks. 
So I, I have this really interesting dynamic. Um, I'll just mention it real quick for anyone who doesn't listen to the Event Tech podcast. We just did an episode where we interviewed a gentleman who made a platform that allows people to pay their own price for the events after the event. So the mechanism is designed that basically. That's called Chatterbait. <laughs> I don't. It's called okay. what? what? <laughs> I think oh, that's no, something really different. That. No, no, but I'm sure someone in the audience hey, did Chewy, get that. Hey, Chewie, I have sure. no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> What the hell is Chatterbait? No, no, no. Let's not go down there. I, I know what it is now, and I thought that's what you were it's referencing. What you ex- it's what you just ex- like described. Well, it, uh, the idea behind it is that it is a event registration platform that uh-huh. allows people to pay for the event at the end of uh, the event when the, the value is the most high. But I'm curious to know if maybe that means to happen more often with these virtual events as well. That was just the thing I was going to say. I'll link to the, the actual episode so you, it, you can see it's not Chatterbait. I wonder if there was a tip a tipping thing would work for presentations. Uh, oh, I th- now that now that I'm trying to like now that I'm trying to like make one well, platform idea. fit into it. Yeah, yeah. Like, huh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start looking, I'm gonna start doing some more research. Do you I see like how- if a speaker does well, you just tip them money? Yeah, it's like it's yeah, like yeah. a drag show. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, it, the idea is like a minimal investment in the beginning, and then the upside is way higher, and then you let the person set the price, so then that way it goes even higher. Yeah, I like it. It's it's similar to the way GoFundMe has changed, right? Where GoFundMe yeah. doesn't charge; it's a hundred percent no fee, and you choose to make the the donation or as we'll call it the tip um, when you go to the checkout. I think that's really fascinating, huh? Yeah, and it puts a well. I think it definitely puts the onus on the speaker and the content creator to do a phenomenal job. Um, well, that's what brings up a good point, though. With these virtual events, though, I think most people who are thinking that the virtual events suck compared to in-person events, it's because the production value f- sucks. One hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, I think the design sucks, uh, and then that that because the design sucks, uh, the rest of it sucks as well. Like uh, I think that there's there's the idea that it has to be a certain way, uh, and I also have been like thinking along a lot along the lines of. With the pivots, uh, people putting a square peg in a round hole, taking the strategy that they already had and shoving it into a virtual as opposed to saying like, you know, there's there is limitations to virtual, but they're different limitations. And there's freedom in virtual that there is that doesn't exist uh, in face to face. Like and I think that maybe that's one of the things we could talk about today is some of the freedoms that exist mm-hmm. potentially in, in virtual uh, and, and some of the uh, the negatives of face to face that are real. Um, the virtual doesn't have to also embrace because it's a different thing. Like it, 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 it can, um, uh, like the container, uh, is a different container and trying to pour, you know, a liquid into it and make it be that same shape is the problem. I don't know if that right. tracks. For- and when you, when I know I've been talking to you a lot about this, so I'm not sure if maybe I'm also just not speaking for the, I'm just kind of helping speak for the audience. When you say design, you're not talking about like the actual like colors of the virtual event and things like that, right? No, like, not at you're all. You're talking about something totally different. You can assume when Nick says design, he's never talking about that. Yeah, I have no idea about, <laughs> about, no, about energy drinks. Yeah, colors like or pop. flowers or like linen. I, I have no idea. Like those could not be at an event at all and I wouldn't notice it. Um, no, I mean like design from like a, like a functional standpoint, like an engineer thinks of design, uh, of, you know, will it, did you plan for it to, for, uh, like a Rube Goldberg, does it, this then does this, then does, does this because you want it to, 
and I think that like like one of the biggest things that like jumps out at me when I see virtual events that I'm like, man, they don't understand this is different is when I see uh, eight hours of content crammed into two days uh for a virtual event and i'm like you don't need to do that like i understand why in a face-to-face event you need to do that because yeah. you don't want everybody to fly out to, yeah fly out to miami for three hours every morning for the course of seven days uh yeah. and fly back right because it's it's costly and it's it's you know it's a waste of time meanwhile everyone complains about like their brain being too full of information at a face-to-face event because they had to cram all this education in to a full day and they just like they're at the information overload and then when they get back they they've been gone for so long and they've they've done no work that they forget everything that they learned and they didn't have time to implement it and it dies and virtual could be spread out right it can you could get it you know a little bit in the day in the morning and then you can actually have an activity that says now go do that thing you learned today uh, and make sure that you integrate it into so you immediately get the value of it and it becomes a habit. These are the things we don't ever do with face to face because we have limitations. And right. there's and we and I think all of the face to face people over the last two months have really recognized all the limitations uh, of virtual. But I don't think that they've had the opportunity to see the other side of it, that there's limitations to face to face as well. Mm hmm. Do you? We're think winning. That, I think my argument is, by the way, is winning so far. So uh, I'd like to uh, see a counter argument. To to mm-hmm. one being better. Uh yeah 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 one being better than the other. Uh, I would say show me a trade show, a virtual trade show that's better than a a, a good virtual trade show that's better than a good for uh face to face trade show. That would be my argument. Con- concise. Uh, well, uh, the one you. that I can use to generate tons of leads that go directly into my CRM that I can follow up with immediately that I don't have to keep track of an Excel spreadsheet. And, oh, like I also have to, you know, be a, go and be pay this exorbitant exhibitor fee just in order to track who actually came to my booth and everything like that. The cost is just way too ask, high. But I mean, ask like, any salesperson if, if you just get a leads list. Uh, versus meet people and being able to put right. people into A, my, B, and C my, leads. My le- you, trust is not part of your equation. You're saying that like leads are the the end goal, and I'm saying the trust acceleration that happens in face to face is unparalleled to any virtual experience. In and that, you're this, well, you're looking at this from the exhibitor's point of view, not from the attendee's point of view. That's true too. So, you, <laughs> okay. yes, let let yes, me let me finish this over, then I'll get to the attendee's point oh, of view. Geez, then, if you want, right. to. all right, everybody, <laughs> I'm ready to argue. I'm, another I'm drink. <laughs> I'm drinking my <laughs> Okay. So like, but here's the, here's the thing though, right? From the exhibitor's standpoint, like, yes. Okay. Like uh, I can't build that trust. I would love to meet people face to face, but I'll tell you right now that whenever I hop on uh, and I'm just going to use webinar as the most basic virtual event, like concept, right? Every time I do a webinar and I say like, oh, and by the way, here's this awesome trick like this. And this is obviously an example of me giving content. Um, rather than just having an exhibit hall. But like the when I go speak in person, I've been thinking about this like so much over the last couple of weeks. It's like, why did I spend so much time flying around the country to go speak at all these industry events when I'm doing webinars and getting way better connections with attendees? Attendees are way happier. I'm getting way more leads, all those things like that. When as before, like I was flying all over the place and getting half the way less than half, like one eighth the amount of uh, contacts that I got. And also as well, I feel like not as much like connection to people. Like I feel like I just get a LinkedIn message every day. That's like, Oh my God, I saw your blah, blah, blah webinar on it. And I think it's longer transparent, longer um, value being added onto it. But from the exhibitor side of things too, like I will admit, and this is where I will totally come onto the side of in-person is that it virtual has not figured out the best way to do 
exhibitors and handle sponsors, but it's because, like you said, Nick, people are going square peg and round hole. There's no demand all day long. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think innovation hasn't happened in that space yet. Totally. Um, and I think that it's very obvious that 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 it isn't there. And therefore, I think that if there's money to be made and and the amount of money that goes into trade shows is disproportionate to the amount of money that's put into any other type of event uh, globally, like the the largest marketing spend uh, for organizations on average when it comes to face to face is their exhibition. Uh, so in that instance, like there's a lot of money to be put into um, making this a profitable uh, thing, but no one's cracked it yet. Um, in my opinion, at least, I'm sure there's a lot of event technology companies that are going to want to try to, you know, uh, get me to do a demo after this. But uh, <laughs> I can uh, my my gut says that there hasn't been an industry leading uh, virtual uh, exhibition platform that anyone can you know, that two people would agree on. Uh, so like that to me is like the biggest example of like the, the trust acceleration portion of what face-to-face -face does is something that I think that like uh, virtual hasn't been able to touch. But when it comes to content distribution, uh, I, I'm more on the side of will that, that I think virtual has a ton of advantages. Well, I mean, the question becomes then too, um, I, I have a question for in-person events. Like why do, if, this if the if the content is king right and let's say your event is all about content like you said virtual is way better but then i feel like there's so many people who are just like on the camp of like in person being better and saying like oh yeah the exhibit hall is like the main thing but i'm like how then how much money do you invest your in person event in your exhibit hall right like you personally most of the budget items going to content into food into experiences and things like that which are not the exhibit hall we just like rely on giving a space and the exhibitors do all the work right yeah, I don't know the solution that yet. <laughs> I mean, exhibitions in uh, exhibitions in face to face have a lot to be desired as well. I mean that 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 system hasn't changed much in a hundred years, and I would say that like when the migration has happened from uh, planned events to designed experiences, uh, trade shows have been lacking uh, mm -hmm. more so than any other type. Because if you consider how much time people spend as an attendee in those booths, those booth experiences don't have a cohesive design experience. Uh, from booth to booth to booth, uh, and right. nor, nor do those people buy into experience design themselves, likely. Uh, so therefore, the, from the attendee experience, 80% of the time that they spend in, a, in an exhibition space is undesigned uh, mm -hmm. and therefore uh, lacking, you know, in its potential too. So like, I think that that whole... It's funny, like that's where people spend the most amount of money and it, it kind of works, uh, but like it, it is such such uh, an area that is ripe for um disruption on both virtual and face-to-face -face. well that's why i'm wondering if like this is gonna have disruption into it yeah, yeah I gonna, no i was gonna say like talking about disruption isn't it gonna be so cool like the next big soft you know the next like google or whatever that's gonna solve the problems that like we are talking about because a lot of things have to sh pivot to this like we ha it's not there yet but like do, or do you guys know of something like that that's like game changer like all I mean, CETA did that kind of lap, you know, like um, floor plans and where you can tell if it's like if you're far enough away from yeah. people. Yep. That's like, the, yeah. yeah, I never thought that was going to come out for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've had an opportunity yeah, I don't know. to talk to uh, Sandy uh, from All Seated uh, about some plans that they have for the uh, virtual events. And it's it's pretty exciting. I think that um, there there is an opportunity for sure to take a lot of. Um, like an area of um, 
of event technology that, uh, you know, for the last couple of years with uh, uh, Endless, that there's been this uh, December uh, event icons uh, show where uh, Jim Spellos and Corbin say something to the effect of virtual reality. It's 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 awesome. It's amazing. It's going to be huge. <laughs> and then every year, n- nothing happens. Right. Because but but like it's I such a. Yeah. It, it, and you know what? Like it, it I've is. Never, I've never seen it. Seen it, but it sounds really cool. Yeah. Wait, Dustin, you still haven't experienced virtual reality? I'm just fucking with Nick. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that, like, it it, in the midst of a face-to-face event, like, it just doesn't have a place, right? You know, like, let's all meet together and slap on goggles and bump into each other. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, But now with this world of like understanding that there's like this ripe audience for, you know, some kind of experience that is hybrid or virtual, maybe it actually has its opportunity, you know, like that all of these very smart people uh, have said, like, there's something there, right? You know, like, well, maybe it took something to shock people to find a more analogous experience where like, yes, I could. I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen like the the robots with the iPads for faces that like will go on treads and like going around trade shows that like they bring out every couple of years yeah. and they're like, yes. they look so stupid. Right. You know, but like yeah. maybe there's something now they're really going to be huge, <laughs> I guess. Right. Like, is they're going to have gloves now, and a mask on? Now they're going to be us. Now yeah. it's going to be. Like, <laughs> oh, we can all choose our own uh, avatar. Oh, oh my God. So like when we do I- the IMAX like reunion for event brew, when we did it on camera, mm-hmm. we would just be like little robots, like bumping into each other. Remember, like we have the photo of us all oh, fighting yeah, with yeah, each yeah. other. Imagine us just like <laughs> us what just show with the robots to like kill each other. Battle bots. Battle, Battle bots. bots. Yeah. yeah. Oh my like, God. Yes. Shitty generation one iPads. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a question. Here's a question for you all. So virtual events as a brand so the the virtual events part of our industry as a brand is it winning or losing right now i mean it's it's crushing from a brand from from a brand perspective from a you think so yeah every single human being has has sampled it every single person has uh now, is everyone latching onto it? No, but like from a lead generation standpoint, like everyone has taken a test drive. Like it's a car that that everyone's known about for years, but like literally everyone's behind been behind the seat of the wheel now. And like anyone who would have been a customer, you know, have they won any new ones? They ones that you know converts. I don't know, but has has does everyone aware of it? Like does when I mean even to the degree that like. Yeah. We've all settled on virtual events as the nomenclature, right? Like, mm-hmm. like that is ambiguous now, and like it's and arguably it, not the best it, name. Yeah, weeks, and like yeah. I can tell you that, like, um, geez, like I, I rewatched a few weeks ago, uh, which I, 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 it was just weird. My like control alt delete presentation around hybrid events uh, from 2016, and I was like, oh, this is pretty fun, you know? I'm like wait a minute, like I, I have a bunch of different presentations around that same time, like 2015, 2016, talking about the value of hybrid events. And like no one asked for me to do it again. You know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't that hot. Uh, right. and, and I'm like, geez, like this is like I could just dust this off and like, you know, present it now. And it would be like, oh, man, this is a great idea. Uh, and I'm not saying like I'm like smarter than everybody else. It, like there were five years before me, people were talking about it a lot. So the fact that it like never gained ground like that that people like didn't believe in it and now like major institutions like like facebook will not have an event this year you know um 
Like they just walk to their vent 100% virtually. Yeah. They may never open their offices again. Right. right, Exactly that. So Mm -hmm. like, I think at this point, like the fact that everyone has like, you know, gone to the the sample at the grocery store and tried the cheese, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a popular cheese. That doesn't work. So (laughs) I just really, I think that's a good, that's a good analogy though. I mean, like this idea that like so many people though, like all my friends, right? Like we used to do board game night together in person, right? And these are people that don't think at all about like events or in-person experiences, right? How many of like we hop on these board games? We're like, yeah, we're so excited to do board games to do it virtually. It was really exciting. And everyone's like, man, I really should do this in person. Like, man, like these some of these experiences I'm having online are just really boring. Like people who never really gave that craps about event experiences are thinking about virtual event experiences, whether they call it that or not. But but potentially to Dustin's point about like the brand of the idea of virtual event, there's also the other flip side of it, too, where I think that there's an opportunity for us to now be able to say what we do in a way that is stronger once we really can. Right. Like once once the radioactivity dust down and things like that, that I'm trying to think of like something that reminds me of. So, like, have you ever had this where you've had a client? And they've left you for like, they're like, you did a really good job this year, but we just, we just have to check out these guys this year because we have less budget and they came down $10 cheaper than you. Uh, even though I think we did, you did everything perfect. And then they go to that other company and they drop the ball and like, they suck and they come crawling back to you. And that relationship forever moving forward is stronger than it was before that because they've experienced something that sucked. Right. And like they now value the relationship because they've had a bad relationship in between. And like, I think that there's something to that maybe uh, mm. that we'll, we'll be experiencing by the deficit. Like, you know, like uh, what is it like something makes the heart fonder, you know, uh, whatever distance, distance, distance. social distance yeah. makes the heart. Uh, <laughs> right. So maybe that's Aww. it. Right. Like ma- yeah, social Physi- di- physical distance, physical phys- distance. Sorry. Physical distance makes the gatherings stronger. Something like that. Right. Where at the end of it, we're going to be like, man, I took a lot of this for granted. You know, like going to a museum sounds boring a year ago to some people. Right. And now they're like, I would kill to go to a museum like things like that, where you're like, you know, once you take it away, like I, it's like I haven't been to a zoo in a number of months. And like we go to like four different zoos, like in rotation with my kids uh, all the time. And like we, you know, we enjoy it cause something to do. Um, and like if you could tell me like this weekend there was like a safe, definite way I could go to a zoo, I'd probably do it. Um, so there's That's a lot a of point. there's a lot of like, you know, opportunities, I think, that maybe um, people won't be taking it for granted. Now, that said, still a lot of people have been trained not to do it. So I think that kind of the the other brand has been established and it's there and it's not going anywhere. But the good news, I think, for most of us now, I shouldn't say most of us, for many of us, for F&B, for linens, for rentals, there's no good news, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just don't. I, mean, I hate to be a pessimist. I just don't see the good news for them. Uh, but for anyone who's in the design and strategy areas, I think that the good news is, is that we don't have to be all on one or the other. We can start really easily for many of us figuring out ways to incorporate both into our design. And like the, the future is hybrid, period. Right. Who's who's the who's the big winner? So who who comes out of this in a better position than they went into it? Tiger now, King. 
Tiger, sure, Tiger King. King. Definitely yeah. Tiger King. 22 years in jail. <laughs> and, toilet pa- and toilet paper companies. And Will yeah, yeah. is doing so well off of Wait, can Will. I pitch this idea I just thought about for Tiger King? Will definitely Will. For this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we can't include Tiger King or Will, but who, who, co- who comes out of this from an event perspective in a better position than they went in? We're going to say I definitely think Nick's right. Strategy for sure. Yeah, Tui, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, let's answer this question because my other thing was way off topic. Okay. It was a pitch. You're going to talk about toilet paper. I want to make like Tiger King a lot of money in this idea and they can have it because <laughs> I want to be the I mean, attendee. <laughs> strategy for sure um, because uh, it's flexible enough uh, of an idea to be able to envision uh, the uh, taking goals and, and turning it into uh, a different experiences for, for different people in different ways uh, simultaneously. Uh, and it's just, it's not, it doesn't have inventory. Uh, so it's not shackled by the demands of, uh, of forcing, you know, square pegs into round holes. Um, so that, and then the platforms, uh, yeah, I was going to say the event tech was good. Like my event apps are going to be the, the big winners. I think that's kind of obvious though, right? Like (laughs) they're very much winning right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like even, even the people who aren't doing virtual event platforms, like, right. Like even just an app company, you know, all, all increases in business. Do you know how much more important Zoom is to the events industry than it ever has been? And do you do you think that there's any organization that's more important to events right now? Mm. I mean, Zoom's doing great, and Cvent yeah, just dropped ten percent of their staff, right? So Cvent's not doing well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so if they're the know. biggest event technology company, who who is who is a more powerful player? In, in when it comes to the event, like gathering of people right now, then Zoom. Like watch Saturday Night Live and it's a bunch of Zoom sketches. You know, watch, mm-hmm. right? Like they become a verb in a way that like, like I watched uh, last week tonight, like either this week or the week before that. And they like brought up the fact that like, hey, you know, Skype, you had your moment and you dropped the ball. I was thinking yes. about that. You, were, you were a verb. And, and Where the hell are you? Yeah, I'll Skype you on Zoom, right? Like you that's like now that. they say okay. All right, what do they say? Okay, Zoomers. Okay, yeah. Zoomer. Okay, Zoomers. I haven't heard that, but that's a good one. Do you think that the executives at Facebook and Google are like punching somebody silently in the broom closet for not being <laughs> more prepared for this? Well, I, I think that's definitely happening. I mean, look, Facebook came out with rooms. Yep. Slow. Like, Where slow are you? They missed it. There's a tight window here where the entire world jumped on a specific platform. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they're obviously recognizing the fact that they did that. But like literally like like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, this was the the, the topic of the conversation I had with Julius from Event Manager blog. Like both of us were like, you know, it's really crazy that uh, Facebook isn't just like absolutely the zoom of this because they have the user base. 100%. Like, you know, like all the old people that had to learn how to use Zoom, like they already knew how to use Facebook. Like the learning curve part was over and they had the user base and like they had a global user base. Like it it was like it's kind of like dumb. The only thing I could think of potentially if it was deliberate at all would have been they just came out of uh, a a place where they were seen as uh, all pervasive and and, like controlling of all the world's information. And like if they were... Yeah, like maybe. But like the Zoom of face isn't Facebook. Like that's a professional platform, right? Like we're all in the event industry, but I know people in other industries that yeah. haven't even gone on a webinar via Zoom. They've gone, you know. So like for me, I think Zoom is more LinkedIn. Like if we're comparing social platforms to 
Well, I know a lot of people do their personal calls on Zoom, though, too. I hear about families getting together on Zoom, too. But I'll, oh, I'll, 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 I'll pose a different idea, though. Uh, let's think about this in terms of events, right? How many times – if someone, for example, said the conference this year is going to be in Calgary, Dustin, what would you say? You'd be like, oh, this sucks. It's in my hometown. I want to go to Miami. I think people kind of like wanted something to get out of and do something new. And so like Zoom kind of feels like you're entering into something new and it's a new experience oh, rather than what you're in. Interesting. I, so you think the novelty of the Zoom uh, over a platform that they knew? I don't know. I thought it would be more just the idea that like – um, the people who the tastemakers were on it already um, be, yeah. because of the stability of it and uh, a pretty intuitive uh, UX uh, versus you saying like uh, it, that. it doesn't feel fun to go on. Yeah, because because it was an emergency oh, pivot and not like a deliberate choice. Like, I think I'm skewing a little bit more towards it, the UX and the tastemakers. Um, yeah, and cool. then the corporate driving it. So the drivers for like the reason that like socially people adopted Zoom is the fact that they had to do it corporately mm -hmm. uh, because everyone had to stay home. Right. So like every business like my wife had I don't think had ever been on a Zoom call uh, prior to uh, any of this COVID stuff. And she was on way more than me, you know, and over the last uh, eight weeks. Uh, your so wife, she be your wife works for Apple. No, not anymore. She works for Crate and Barrel, oh. but but similar right. uh, in as much as it's it's retail. So that's a re the person who is in retail business who normally uh, it works, you know, in uh, that type of environment where it's not like a, a you know like a like us like for instance what we do where we have clients that are like in different cities and stuff like that. So right. it's a little bit more obvious for us. Like she has a regional client base, but this is because she was talking to people in HR and teams and other people in analogous situations because they're all in an emergency as everyone in any kind of like infrastructure was in, in essentially an emergency because they were forced to go home. Uh, so I think that it came down That's more so like the corporate mandated uh, similar to like the reason like why Windows was able to like really grasp or get so big so fast in uh, the late uh, late 80s, early 90s is the fact that um, the corporations mass purchased it uh, and then mass trained people and then people brought it home right. because it was the UX that they were accustomed to. Right. And then flash forward 30 years. And have you tried to be on a Microsoft Teams call? It's oh. the freaking worst. Oh, my the God. worst. The worst. Oh, my God. It's a terrible platform. Like every I, time I think about using Teams, like oh. I go like, oh, yeah, like, oh, like I want to try something different. And there, there's some UX things that are kind of nice about it. But some. then like I then HubSpot comes out with an integration with Slack that every time I get a new deal in, it makes a channel and invites my team to it automatically. I'm like, why the hell would I ever use Teams? Right. Yeah, Slack is so much faster in, in making smart UX decisions and they keep it, uh, simple. They keep it yeah. so simple. That's the difference, right? Yeah. Like, everything that they integrate into Slack, there's no bells and whistles to it. It's just simple. But they're not bogged down with uh, the the idea of like all the synergistic uh, uh, ancillary apps uh, that they right. feel like they have to create this like, you know, cohesive ecosystem uh, right. of and I think that's the problem, right? Like they're free to just be do good at one thing, you know, knowing that they do other things. But like, you know what I mean? Like they're not like it's just not a, one of a million things like just glommed onto its itself. Though, have you heard about this? Like, ah, shit, I don't remember the feature and started to turn this into an episode of Event Tech Podcast. But like they have this fusion project thing or whatever they're doing where like you can copy a piece of an Excel spreadsheet and paste it into a Teams chat. And as you update the Excel spreadsheet, it automatically changes inside of Teams as well, like live. So people can just edit the spread that portion of the spreadsheet 
right from Teams. Isn't that like, back and forth? Is that already done? Google Doc? Doc? I don't think I've ever. But heard. you have to open up the oh, whole wait. Google Doc. Oh Lord. Yeah. All right, never mind. I'll, I'll go back to my tech podcast. See you guys. Yeah. Later. <laughs> yeah. Can you do that somewhere else, please? <laughs> yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Get sorry, out of here. Sorry. This is a vampire. Sorry, 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 sorry. All right. I think I think I think we did a pretty good job staying somewhat on topic. Um, maybe we'll do a round of final thoughts on the topic. Is what does virtual beat better? Yeah. I think final it's my, my, it's it's better for a a a. a large type of underserved people. That's been the most revelatory thing mm -hmm. for me is the fact, not just the pivot, not just the forced, but now that people have been mass trained on this as an, as an option, I think people with a host of physical, mental, uh, and, and budgetary, uh, limitations, um, who aren't Kool-Aid drinking face-to-face -face people like us, like we're the wrong people to ask because we're so, uh, subjective uh, and so uh, such uh, enthusiasts in face to face that like, don't talk to us like we love it. Right. But like talk to somebody who is like 65 in a wheelchair, you know, uh, who has to think about getting in a plane or someone with social anxiety or uh, somebody in a in a in a remote place uh, that, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't want to have to get to an airport or, or I talk to those people. And because I think what we've done is especially in the events industry is that we suffer from survivor bias. So we only talk to the people who have the just as easily an opportunity to get in a plane and go to LA uh, from New York as they would to do anything else because like that's the way that their business world works. And and just not serving a whole host of people, just saying we you don't count, right? Like you don't matter. Um, and now they have an opportunity, a better opportunity, a trained opportunity, and likely there will be not only increased sophistication in the way that virtual events are distributed, but I think better design, uh, I think better tools, uh, and I think um, uh, just more consideration in general. So I, I think, like, ultimately, um, there, there's really no reason to say, you know, for a lot of events, it's either or. I think it's a tool that was deep in a toolbox and now is on the very top and you're looking at it and you're never going to not be able to look at it. I love that. William, last thoughts? I think like 75% of the time. And I think that 25% of the time is that like 25% of events that we're going to still go back to. But honestly, like you were I've been in. reflecting... I mean, I'm still got 25%, still not in. I'm still on the average, right? If, 70, if you talk about grading curve, right? But like, I don't know, like there's, I think there's just so, like I've been just thinking so much about me personally and how much I've been locked in my apartment and haven't left it in now like 18 years um, that I would feel like I would be the first person to want to get the F out of my apartment. But I've been thinking more and more about it, about how like I don't need to go speak at conferences. I don't want to go attend some conferences. I would only go on to go to like maybe 25% of the amount of like effort I did before, hmm. before all this. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I won't wait for you then. Uh, two weeks. <laughs> uh, final thoughts from you. I want to disagree with Nick and Will. But I like, I agree because I just go back to this one moment that just happened and it was so like, everyone's just so much more vulnerable and everyone's so much more willingly accepting the change and trying to adapt the best they can. And I do 
agree that virtual has helped like all those scenarios that you were talking about nick and then but the other part of me is like i long for that so like that hug and i long for those um you know part of me is just like suck it up like if you're in the if you're in this world you, you know you gotta if you're if you have certain job titles or whatever like you have set responsibilities or you have job roles and um you know whatever your objectives are but i just also feel like i'm just waiting to continue to to, to change and adapt because right now i feel like i'm getting a little too comfortable doing all these things and um I there hasn't been that much that's excited me about like virtual events at least from an attendee point of view. So I'm doing a lot of that in order to then be able to design and be on the planning side of it. Dustin, what do you think? Well, I think that there was a lot of shitty meetings and events that were happening that should have been online a long time ago. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see those events that should not have existed in the live form for the last 10 years to take the leap and get out of the live cycle. Um, but I obviously, I think there's a place for both. And I am... You know, I come from a world where the, the live event is really important to my business, but I also what's also important to my business is doing meaningful work that is successful, that we're not, we're not struggling to get engagement. We're not struggling to make, you know, to, to meet our stakeholders objectives. And I think that this push to go into the virtual world is, is a great thing. And I think there's a lot of projects that should go virtual and there's a lot of projects that should be a hybrid. And there's some projects that are always going to be face to face. So, um, like most things in the world, we needed a push to get there, and uh, I'm I'm glad we're there. I hope it doesn't. I hope the brand of the virtual event doesn't get fucked up by people that are not qualified to be working on them, working on them. And yes. there's a lot of people that got to find their role in this new world, and they got to find it in the right way. Um, so yeah, that's what Which, I think. Nice. Uh, that was all just for you, Will. You're welcome. <laughs> You're my only employer right now, so I have to be nice. <laughs> Wait, you're getting paid I got you. I got you. Yeah, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I barely just volunteering. You were supposed to tell him about our arrangement. <laughs> you, he promised to subscribe to my OnlyFans if I did this. Oh, bring it around, Full circle. Full circle. Dustin, yeah. you're just on fire. All right, friends, that's enough of this. We went over our allotted time, so everybody listening owes us for going 15 minutes over, so you can use our Patreon to pay us for this extra time. Members only, uh, maybe. Members only. There's probably lots of other ones. We'll think of some great ones for the next one. You can PayPal money to eventbrew at helloendless.com. PayPal, come on. Hey, right. But uh, these younger, guys don't see that email, so that's okay. Don't worry about it. Demo, demo. <laughs> Apple demo. Pay. Jesus. Me hey. Venmo. Okay. Zell. Zell. It goes straight in your bank account. Okay, Zoomer. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's enough out of you guys for one podcast. Um, thank you to all my wonderful co-hosts. This was a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody that's listening. I'm sure there's a whole list of things I'm supposed to say when I exit this, but they made me do it, so we're going to do it my way. Thank you for everybody that's listening. Uh, leave all your hateful comments below. We probably won't check them, and we definitely won't respond to them. Um, there's some sort of outro guy that's going to lead us out of this and tell you all the important things. And until next time, see you guys later. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. See you next time on Event Brew.